Welcome to the Relentless Grace Podcast. This church has left the building. Your host is Pastor Paula Mamel. Welcome to Relentless Grace, a podcast for people who are seeking an authentic, unbridled faith connection with Jesus that is relevant in the 21st century. Whether you have been bruised by organized religion and walked away, or are still engaged but looking for a way to deepen your spiritual journey, Relentless Grace is a podcast to connect with your spirit. Each week, I try to make connections between the timeless Word of God and the reality of our everyday lives through reflections on the Word and ways to implement your faith in your daily life. This show is seeking to provide a re-communion of seekers, doubters, stayers, and leavers with the power of the Holy Spirit outside the walls of a congregation. This church has left the building. Today on Relentless Grace, we are continuing our journey through the Lord's Prayer with the petition, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. In this prayer, we are acknowledging that God's will is going to be done, whether we are living in God's will or not. But by praying this prayer, we are inviting ourselves to be part of accomplishing that. In the message today, I am going to talk about how I understand God's will, that God never wills anything bad or evil. God's will from the beginning to the end of the scripture is made clear. It's life and love and grace and light and peace. Nothing bad is ever the will of God. And so when we become participants in shining light and in being life-giving to others, we are partnering with God. And when we know that God's will ultimately triumphs, we are able to live in hope. I hope you enjoy the podcast. A reading from Genesis. Then God said, Let us make humans in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So, God created humans in God's image. In the image of God, God created them. Male and female, God created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant-yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that God had made, and indeed, it was very good. A reading from Revelation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, 
the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. God will dwell with them. They will be God's peoples. And God will be with them and be their God. God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruits, producing its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore. But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it. And God's servants will worship God. They will see God's face. And God's name will be on their foreheads. And there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun. For the Lord God will be their light. And they will reign forever and ever. One of the weird things about being a pastor is that it's not uncommon when an event is coming up and people want to make sure that there's good weather. They'll say to me, hey, pray for good weather on this day. And my usual response is that I am in sales, not management, that I don't actually have control of the weather. And the reality is, as a pastor, I am in sales. When I talk about what I do for a living, I often say that I see myself as a translator and a PR agent for God. See, I think that the world often gets a very bad image of God and who God is. The only time God often ever gets mentioned in any kind of public sphere is in insurance documents where they specifically talk about anything terrible that happens as an act of God. I always think it's odd that that's the one thing that gets highlighted as something that God does. Destruction. Terror. Awful things. And that is often how people respond to tragedy and calamity. They blame whatever happens on God's will, and then they try to explain it. I remember once sitting with a family after a beloved family member had died very unexpectedly. And several family members were trying to respond to this death, and they were telling the grieved wife, Oh, oh, I'm so sorry this happened, but God must have wanted to teach us a lesson. And I hear stuff like that, and I think, Gee, that doesn't seem so right. Why would God want another person to die so that I could learn a lesson? I know I've talked about this before, but it's really an important part of how I understand one of the problems people have with faith. One of the reasons that people run away from God and organized religion. Because they're being told that everything awful that happens is God's will. 
everything happens for a reason, that there is some specific purpose behind every single thing. Like this is a puzzle piece being put together piece by piece by piece. And somehow in the end, what comes out is God's will. But when you look at the Bible, God's will is very, very, very clear. At the very beginning of the book, God creates the world. And God made the world so that it was good. There's no death. There's no sorrow. There's no brokenness. There's no pain. And if you turn to the very end of the Bible, the same is true. The place that is proclaimed the new heaven and the new earth is a place without sorrow or tears or pain. That there is a river in the midst of the city for the healing of the nations. A place where everyone is brought together for goodness and light and beauty. And that, for me, clearly is the will of God. And everything that happens between those first two pages of the Bible and the last page of the Bible, well, all of that is God trying to get things back to God's will. Because when we try to blame the bad things on God, when we try to blame all the things that are broken and full of death and pain and horror, when we say that is the will of God, we are somehow saying that God wills bad things. Now, bad things do happen because we have been given free will. We have been given the ability to have choice and make decision. A person has the free will to drink too much and get behind the wheel of a car. And because they've made that decision, they can kill another person. Does that mean that God willed that? Absolutely not. On a larger scale, it also happens. There were horrible people at Purdue Pharma who determined that the best way to make money was to get people hooked on Oxycontin and things like that. And so they took their drugs and they brought them to people and they got them hooked on it. And it created a crisis, an opioid crisis that is absolutely decimating our country. Was that the will of God? No, it was the will of greedy people. It was the will of people who thought more of themselves. Is it God's will that Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine? No, God doesn't will that. God hates invasions like that. Is it God's will that Hamas went into Israel and created such horrific terror? No, that's not the will of God. Is it God's will that Palestinian children will be killed in response to the terror that happened? No, that's not the will of God. Nothing bad that happens, either on a corporate level or on an individual level, is the will of God. God wants life. That is God's will. So then, what does it mean when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done? Well, I believe that that means that we are committing ourselves to be part of bringing about the will of God. That when we say that, we want to be part of what God wants. That we want to be part of the solution in the world. Just as last week I talked about the kingdom of the Lord and our work to bring it in, the will of God is accomplished in life. So when we promote healing, when we promote life and things that enhance life, when we promote care of God's creation, 
then we are taking part in the will of God. So that prayer becomes our commitment to be citizens on earth, as the kingdom part implies, but also to be active participants in pursuing God's will for the world. So we are saying, when we pray that, that we want to follow that goodness. Not that we're going to blame God on the bad things, but rather that we're going to be partners on the good things. But it is also our hope in the midst of our brokenness. See, when we say, thy will be done, we are saying that we can bring our pain, our hurt, and our heartache to God, and that God's will will ultimately triumph. At funerals, when someone has died, especially when it is an unexpected death, and I know that people are attributing it to God's will, I state plainly that this is not God's will. But when we trust God with those hurts and those pains in our own life, we can find a peace that passes understanding. We can find the ability to go on. I know I often talk about the refugees that I work with in South Sudan, but that is because it is the passion of my life, and more than any place else, my life has been transformed by my encounters with these people. And as I see these individuals who have faced atrocities that are so horrible, to have seen loved ones killed in front of them, to have been victims of rape and murder and destruction, and then to be sent to a new place, to a settlement camp, and as I've talked about recently, to have all of the UN's World Food Program pulled out from them, as well as Lutheran World Federation and Save the Children and every other NGO leave them in the midst of a land where they are strangers, where they cannot work, where they cannot have anything, and they don't have any food, and they don't have any way to have food. As they face those things, they continue to trust and believe that God's will will triumph. Not that what has happened to them is God's will, but that God is more powerful than any brokenness in this world. And seeing that kind of faith in the midst of something that would absolutely decimate the vast majority of people, finding that ability for hope, that is where I see what it means to pray, Thy will be done. And I participate in God's kingdom and work to bring in God's will by sharing with them the struggle and sharing with others what is happening. I share a firm belief that God ultimately triumphs over everything because God triumphed over the cross and the grave. And because God triumphed over the cross and the grave, we can have hope and confidence that God will triumph over any challenge in our life, that nothing in this world will weigh so heavenly upon us that we are unable to find the presence of God within it. Now, the reality is, for some people, that may not be now. I have watched people die at young ages, and it's been grossly unfair. And I know that their death was not the will of God. But I know that in death, God triumphed over death to give them life, and that ultimately God gets the last word. And the last word is life. That doesn't change the heartache and the pain of dealing with that reality now, but it gives us hope. It gives us hope that extends beyond ourselves. It gives us hope that extends beyond our current situation. 
It allows us to find within our lives a reason to continue on when the weight of the world is too great. When we stand at the foot of the cross and we see all of the pain in the world weighing down upon us, When we trust and when we pray, thy will be done, we are committing ourselves, both in our current reality and to the hope of the future. One of the problems we often face is that we try to modify this life. That's why I think a lot of people say, oh, it must be God's will or everything happens for a reason, because they need to have some kind of understanding that all of the pieces fit together in this life, and they don't. There are pieces that don't fit together, and they won't ever fit together. We'll never understand why horrors happen, why terror occurs, why some people die and others don't. We'll never understand the randomness of life. But when we trust in God, in the midst of all of our pains, we can find a hope and a life that extends beyond the grave that gives us a hope in a promise that this is not all there is and that we can keep going. I see that as I work with refugees and I see them sing for joy, even in the face of incredible trial. I see that in parents who have lost children, who take that indescribable brokenness and then reach out to others to help them carry that burden. I see that when I see people work for peace, as they are doing in places like the Middle East, where it seems utterly hopeless, trusting that ultimately God's will will be done. God's will is life. And when we pray, thy will be done, we commit ourselves to lives built on that promise. We commit ourselves to living in hope. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto thee. Summer and winter, springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness. Thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. 
All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with ten thousand besides. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Today, as we respond to the prayer, Thy will be done. I invite you to think about in your life what it means for you to be a partner in the will of God. See, God's will is going to be done whether we pray it or not. But when we pray it, we are saying that it may be done among us also. That's what Luther said in his small catechism, that God's will is done when God breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, which do not want us to hallow God's name or let God's kingdom come. And when God strengthens and keeps us firm in God's word and faith until we die. So I want you to think about what you are doing in your life to choose life, to pursue life, and to bring about God's will. Now, last week, when I talked about being a good citizen, I encouraged you to think about things that you wanted to be engaged in. And today, I want you in your life to look around and think about places where you could work in concert with God to bring life into a broken situation. How you can work to choose life for others. The ways that I think we can do this are perhaps seeing a neighbor who's overwhelmed because they're taking care of an aging parent or a sick child, and offering to take over and provide some respite care. To be actively engaged in those places in our life where we can choose life and help others see that God's will is not negative things, but that God's will is accomplished in good and life-giving things. And so, as we look around us and see places where there is a need for someone to feel life when they are overwhelmed by grief, that we can be a place of hope. You may know someone who has lost a loved one recently. They may feel lonely and alienated because when you lose a partner or a loved one, people often back away. Can you invite that person over for dinner? Can you invite them to go do something? Is there someone you know that needs to hear a word of hope? Maybe they lost their job. Maybe they've experienced some kind of injustice. You can be a partner with God in doing God's will by going out of your way to show them kindness. By doing something like writing a note to them, showing them the goodness of God, showing them that someone cares for them. Those things, those things that are life-giving, 
those things that lift people up. Not trying to explain it. Not saying, it must be God's will, or everything happens for a reason. And I don't mean those pithy platitudes that I don't agree with. But rather, just saying, hey, I care about you. I'm here to support you. I love you. It's hard. If you just need to talk, I will listen. And then zip your lip and don't give answers. The book of Job, when Job went through so many horrible things and his friends came over and the time that they were doing really well was when they were just sitting there with Job. They were just being present with Job, being there to support Job. But when they started to try to explain why things happened to Job, everything kind of fell apart because they did not do a good job of explaining God. We don't do a good job of that. But we can listen, love, support bring healing. In the end, God's going to triumph. Life will win. That's what the book of Revelation says. In the end, God wins. God wins. And when we say, thy will be done, we are saying, I am going to be a part of that. I'm going to spread light and goodness and happiness and joy. Sometimes we won't feel like it. Sometimes we'll need to be the one who needs the word of hope. That's kind of the way life works. So if you're on that end of it, cut yourself some slack. Look for someone to give you life or reach out and say, hey, drowning here. But if you're in a place where you feel the strength of God is with you, encourage others. Not by saying, oh, gee, everything's wonderful and perfect, but rather by being present, by being loving. So look for a way to be a partner with God, knowing God's will is life. And when we choose life, and choose to give life and love to others. We are participating as we pray, Thy will be done. Thanks for joining me today on Relentless Grace. I am deeply grateful for all of you who tune in and those of you who share this podcast with others. That's the way that we get the word out about it, and it means so much to me when you share it and tell others about the podcast. If you wish to support Relentless Grace, you may do so by clicking on the Patreon link that is in the show notes. You may also Venmo me at PVMamel or send a check by contacting me at the Relentless Grace Podcast at Relentless Grace Podcast at gmail.com or through our Facebook page. Thank you to Dan McKnight, our announcer, Elizabeth Kieschnick, who read the scriptures so beautifully. Cami Wenberg, who sang Great is Thy Faithfulness, and Ruth Skinner, who sings our closing song. As I continue this podcast journey, it means so much to me to have your continued support. I send you out with a blessing. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song. And all of the trees of the field will clap their hands. This week, may you experience the will of God, which is life, as it surrounds you. And may you share that will with others as partners in God's mission to provide life to us, both here on earth and in heaven. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you. There'll be shouts of joy and all the trees of the field will clap will clap their hands and all the trees of the field will clap their hands 
The trees of the field will clap their hands. The trees of the field will clap their hands as you go out with joy.